doesn't say it'll harm you if you prove zealous for what is good. But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation and, or, and do not be troubled. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense for everyone who asks you and account for the hope that is within you. Yet with gentleness and reverence. And keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it's better... If God should will it that you should suffer for doing what doing what is right rather than for doing what is wrong. Folks, here's the thing. He emphasizes all throughout this letter, you are going to suffer. So let's get some ideas straight about suffering, okay? Number one, everybody is going to suffer. But here's the thing. When do you suffer? See, if you suffer in this life, you're not, if you belong to Christ, you're not going to suffer in the next life. But if you don't suffer in Christ for this life, rest assured, you're going to suffer in the next life. It's only a matter of when. Here's something else. Why do you suffer? And the thing he makes clear over and over again is, look, if you suffer, you need to suffer because you have chosen to follow Christ. Not because you chose to do some stupid stuff. And you know, I have to admit, I've done my share of stupid stuff. And I could take some comfort in the fact that so have you. But how are we supposed to do this suffering? We're supposed to do it rejoicing. If you are suffering because you have decided to follow Christ, you have reasoned to rejoice. Now look, in order for you to rejoice, one of the things that has to happen is you have to keep in mind the big picture. Because right now, the here and now, yeah, that could be pretty painful. But you have to remember the reason. He's trying to make you more and more and more like him. A.W. Tozer, um, great preacher, said this, God cannot greatly use whom he has not greatly hurt. To the degree that the Lord uses you, that's the degree to which you suffer for falling after Christ. The more you're going to serve Him, the more you're going to devote yourself to Him, the more you're going to suffer. Now, in, in a lot of this world, 
What that boils down to is just straight up persecution. Do you realize more people are dying for their faith today than during the, 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 the times of the Roman Empire? Now, sometimes suffering involves just plain old garden variety hardships of health problems, financial problems, the things you can't plan on. No matter how well you prepare for things, there's always the thing that you don't suspect. And it's a storm that comes and you just have to hold on. Let's take a look at verse 16. Verse Peter 4, verse, verse 12. I'm sorry. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. Every believer, they're either in the middle of a storm, they're going into a storm, they're coming out of storm, and then there's these short periods where things are just great. And we love it when it's just great, but it doesn't stay that way, does it? Look, folks... Good times never last. But God's people do. Because He's given you the power to stand. Look, He is with you in that storm. He is transforming you to be more and more and more like Him. You know, I remember um, when I was in my 20s, you know, I was busy serving the Lord. I was memorizing scripture, and I was, you know, witnessing to people, and I was doing Bible study. And, you know, I was doing all the right stuff, right? And I sort of thought, well, you know, when you see some of these things happen to people, I thought, well, you know, the Lord's not going to let that kind of stuff happen to me because I'm something special. <laughs> well, I found out. I'm not. And sometimes we have this thinking like these, these guys in this prosperity gospel that God wants you healthy. And God wants you wealthy. Folks, that's not what he wants. You know what he wants? He wants for you to be holy. He wants for you to be Christ-like. He wants for you to be different from the rest of the world. He wants you for himself. And in order to do that, you know what? There's stuff that we don't easily let go of. So we have to be put through the fire. You know how they purify gold? 
put it under heat. And they keep it under heat until the impurities rise to the top. And when they do, because gold is heavy, you know, the impurities are always going to weigh less. So that the impurities going to rise to the top. And then they just skim, the refiner skims impurities off, and he keeps it under that heat. He keeps it under that fire until he, the refiner, can see his face in the gold. And if you belong to him, and if you are in the fire right now, understand this. The refiner is trying to make you more and more like him. And he loves you enough to keep you there until you have become what he wants you to be at that point in time. He says, don't think that this thing is strange. Folks, this is normal if you belong to him. You know what? We got a lot of stuff to deal with. The more, the older you grow in Christ, the more you should realize the things that you need to put away. The more you should realize how lacking in holiness you really are. He goes on to say this, but to the degree that you share in the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that at the revelation of his glory, you may rejoice with exultation. Now here's one of the things we need also need to keep in mind. If we are following after him, and we are going through the fire, folks, that's a reason to rejoice. Why? Remember what I said? That those people without Christ, when do they suffer? The next life. And if you are following after him, and if you are suffering today, you should rejoice in the knowledge that he is working everything for your eternal good. And with that knowledge, you should be able to rejoice. With that knowledge, you should be able to praise God. Here's the thing, folks. A lot of times, you can't see it in the short term. This is why we have to keep our hearts and minds focused on the eternal. Because sometimes, well, you just can't see it. Verse 14. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed. 
because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. It's an interesting word they use here for blessed. In the Greek, it's the word makarios. And it is the happiness that comes only from God. See, there's, there's, there's two words that they could use for happiness. One is eudaimonia. And eudaimonia is the happiness that comes from self-effort. That word never appears in the New Testament. But this word, makarios, on the other hand, this is the happiness that comes from God. It comes only for those who have who've made their allegiance to Christ, who are following after him, who love him. Let's take a look at where we see this in a few other places. Let's go now to Matthew chapter 5. Let's go to verse 10. Makarios are, are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Makarios are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. And in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. If you're being persecuted for your faith, or if you are going through suffering for righteous reasons, you are blessed. There's a there's an old hymn uh, written by Francis Havergal, "Like a River Glorious." Any of you remember that one? Few of you. Like a river glorious is God's perfect peace. Overall victorious in its bright increase. Perfect yet it floweth, fuller every day. Perfect yet it glow, glow, groweth, deeper all the way. Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed. Finding as he promised, perfect peace and rest. Hidden in the hollow of his blessed hand. Never foe can follow, never traitor stand. Not a surge of worry, not a shade of care, not a blast of hurry. Touch the spirit there. Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed. Finding as he promised, perfect peace and rest. Every joy or trial falleth from above. Traced upon her dial by the Son of Love. We may trust Him fully, all for us to do. They who trust Him fully, find Him wholly true. Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding as He promised, perfect peace and rest. That peace that rest, that happiness, that comes only 
when we follow after him. When you're going through the trial, remember, he's there with you. He's going to go through the storm with you. He's going to carry you through because He loves you. It says in verse 14, If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of glory and of God rests on you. In contrast, make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer, or a thief, or an evildoer, or a troublesome meddler. Now, you know, one of the things I always do when I get ready for a sermon in the New Testament is I, I always at some point go through and I translate it out of the Greek. And, you know, one of the things that happens is, you know, sometimes, you know, you, there are words that you, you don't recognize and, you know, sometimes a lot of words you don't recognize. But sometimes you you know some of the words that they've put together and you just try to you try to figure them out. So, you know, the thing is, okay, so a murderer, that's, that's pretty straightforward. Thief, that's pretty straightforward. But it's another word. Evildoer, okay? I'm reading this, and it says, Kakopoios. I'm thinking, Kako, that means evil or bad. Poios means do. So, obviously, evildoer. Now, you know, I sure hope that nobody hears a murderer. I sure hope that nobody hears a thief. But I sure hope that nobody hears a Kakopoios. And you know, he also says, or a troubles, troublesome meddler. This means somebody, well, who just looks for stuff to get their hands in. Somebody who gets themselves involved with stuff that's not their business. guy. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he's not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in his name. You know, I I can't help but think of uh, a little poem written by Amy Carmichael. I'm sure some of you have heard it. Has thou no scar? No hidden scar on foot or side or hand? I hear these sung throughout the land. I hear them hail thy shining star. Has thou, has thou no scar? No scar? Has thou no wound? Yet I was wounded by archers spent, leaned me against a tree and rent, by ratting beasts round me I swooned. Hast thou no wound? No wound? No wound? 
no scar. Yet as the master shall be, yet as the master shall the servant be, and pierce the feet that follow me. But hold, can he have followed far who has no wound, who has no scar? Folks, if you're following after him, you're going to have hurts. Yeah, he's going to carry you through the fire, but that doesn't mean sometimes that there aren't consequences that stick with you. Things that he's going to use to perfect you all the more. But there's a scar. And he's trying to make you ever and ever more like him. There's a a theologian, B.B. Warfield. He's one of the Princeton theologians, one of the last ones, who was a true conservative, wrote stuff about biblical inerrancy at a time when, when liberalism was on the run. I mean, when it was running rampant. He goes to Princeton graduates in 1876. A few months later, he gets married. During his wedding night, there's a storm of such great effect. So devastating was the force, the impact on him, on him and his wife, that she became an invalid. His wedding night and he had to take care of her the rest of his life. They had no children. During the day, he would teach, he would write, and at night and at lunchtime, he would break it to take care of his wife. He did that till 1915 when she died. 30 Nine years. You think that that didn't make him more Christ-like? And here's this guy who God has so greatly used. We're still reading his stuff to this day. But he has that scar. That, that pain, that burden that he had to carry the rest of his life. Folks, as painful as those things can be, we have to remember he's doing it because he loves us. 
He's doing it because he wants us to be more like him. He's trying to transform us. He goes on and says, For it is the time for judgment to begin with the household of God. If it begins with us first, <coughs> excuse me, what will become, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Look, till a person comes to Christ, they are under his wrath. They are at war with God. And peace is only made when we come to Christ on his terms. But you know, for that to happen, he's got to change you and me. He's got to make you and me little Christ. Look, folks, he has put you where you are for a reason. He's put you in your workplace. He's put you in your family. He's put you in wherever you hang out, where you shop. He has put you there to be his witness, to be his image bearer there. Because there's plenty of people who need to hear the good news of what God has done for them. And let me tell you, doesn't matter how smart you are, doesn't matter what gifts you've got. See, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And if you are being that image of God, if you are following after him, People are going to see that. People are going to receive his word and be transformed by watching your example, by hearing your words. Verse 18. And if it is with great difficulty that righteous that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Remember, suffering is not about the absence of God. Sometimes it's about his purifying presence. But those people who don't have Christ... got nothing but wrath ahead of them. And they need you and me to share the good news with them. He says, verse 19, Therefore, those who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. 
I want to take a look at just a few more verses here. Let's take a look um, at Romans chapter 8. Let's look at verse 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we what? Suffer with him so that we may be glorified with him. Let's go to chapter, a little further in this chapter. Let's go to verse 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for those who, who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, which he would which he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Folks, every little thing that happens to you happens for your good. Your eternal good, including all the suffering that we go through now. Let's take a look at um, 1 Thessalonians. And let's go to um, chapter 3. Now let's go to verse 1. Therefore, when we could endure it no longer, we thought best to be left behind at Athens alone, and we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's fellow worker in the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you as to your faith, so that no one would be disturbed by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that you have been predestined for this. For indeed, when we were with you, we kept telling you that in advance that we were going to suffer affliction, and so it came to pass, as you know. One of the things he says here is this. You have been destined for this. Destined for this suffering. The word here in the Greek is the word pimetha. It means you are appointed for this suffering. You are scheduled for this suffering. You are destined for this. Why? To make you more and more like him. 
Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Let's go to verse 3. We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brethren, as it is only fitting, because your faith is greatly enlarged, and the love of each one of you toward one another grows ever greater. Therefore, we, we ourselves speak proudly of you among the churches of God for your perseverance and faith in the midst of all your persecutions and afflictions which you endure. This is a plain indication of God's righteous judgment so that you will be considered worthy of the kingdom of God, which indeed you are suffering. For after all, it's only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to give relief to you who are afflicted as well. And the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Folks, one day we're not going to suffer anymore. One day, either he's going to return while we're living, or we're going to die, and we're going to be in eternity with him. And this time of suffering, this veil of tears will be over and we will be like him. Folks, remember, God loves you. He is so good. He's more than we can describe in his goodness. So folks, rejoice if you're going through a trial in the knowledge that he's working things for your good. Rejoice in the knowledge that he's transforming you to be more like Christ. Now folks, there might be some here today don't know him. And if you don't know him and you're going through a trial, well, then you're only getting a taste of what's to come. You know, because there is a hell, it is real, and people are going to go there. Once you get in, there's no getting out. And it's eternal. A billion years in hell won't remove any more time. You'll spend a billion, billion, billion years, and you won't even scratch the surface. If you don't know him today, folks, the time to come to him is now. The time to repent is now. 
Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness, for your loving kindness. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done for us and all that you are doing for us. Lord, and I just pray that if there's anyone here who does not know you, I pray that, Lord, that they will come to you, that they will speak to someone today. I pray that, Lord, that you would change their hearts, that you would open the eyes of their understanding, and that, Lord, that they would follow after you with their whole hearts. Lord, for those who do know you, who are going through a trial, Lord, I just pray that you would help them to hold on to you. And I pray that there will be other brothers and sisters who will stand with them as they go through that trial. And I pray that, Lord, that you would refine them and make them into what you would have them to be. Lord, guide us. These things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.